The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for September 11th, 2021. Yes, I said it, September 11th, 2021. It's been 20 years since the tragedies in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Western Pennsylvania. 20 years. One uh, hand, on one hand, I'm thinking, wow, how time flies by. The other, I'm thinking, uh, you know, is uh, how after that uh, we've come together as a nation and then uh, over time uh, drifted apart and now we're fighting again. But uh, we'll get to that later in the show. So on the agenda for... This week, I'm going to be talking to a gentleman that uh, I used to watch perform a lot when I worked in the casino in uh, northern Nevada, a small town called Jackpot, right on the Idaho border. Yes, I, I watched him perform many times, and uh, he used to really, really bring in a crowd. Of course, that is Larry Keys out of California, and I haven't... Uh, heard from him or seen him uh, perform since, uh, I think it was, uh, it was, uh, late, uh, 2000, 2001. So it's almost been 20 years since that too. Yes. And, uh, also in the second hour, well, got a bit of a surprise going to, uh, make it more lighthearted as, uh, yeah. Uh, crazy Joe, you know, the racist retard who was the idiot of the week, a few weeks ago, well, he's uh, he he's bobbed atop the cesspool again, and uh, uh, he wants some fame and attention. Well, uh, I'm going to give it to him along with uh, Dirk from uh, Arrogant Media, and uh, in the third hour, going to be uh, discussing more. 9-11 with the icon Stephen James on the Steve Solution. But uh, let's get this show started. I want to start this show out uh, with a song by Larry Keys, and I thought very appropriate uh, to play this song on September 11th. This is 
America Stands United. And I'll be back with the interview with Larry right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Shining bright and new From Plymouth Rock to the city blocks Of this present day If gazing upon this land of old What would they say today? America stands united But divided you should feel This could be the message For all the land to hear Our foundations, our future He reserves. With His mighty hand to guide you, He'll let no walls divide you. So make this nation stand for the brotherhood of man. Yes, America stands united, but divided we should feel. This should be our message for all. Sing equality and liberty And justice throughout the land And make our nation stand For the brotherhood of man If the house has been divided You know it's bound to fall Look back to our is a message for us all For us all Cause America stands united But divided we should feel This will be our message To our future we'll declare Sing equality and liberty And justice throughout the land And make our nation stand
Hey there, thrill seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. I think they should change the name of the crime from possession of marijuana to joint custody. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please take a number and have a seat. Your voice is the strongest weapon. What you believe is the source. The power to speak out has the power to reach out. Freedom of speech gives you the right to express yourself. Without freedom of speech, there is little freedom at all. It is your right to stand up for what you believe in and to take action. Through speech, media, or social groups, you can make a difference. How will you make an impact with freedom of speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard America Stands United by the one and only Larry Keys, and I can't think of a more appropriate song to start off the show as we mark the 20th anniversary of the tragedy of 9-11. It is my pleasure to welcome Larry Keys to the show. How you doing, brother? Oh, very good. How you doing, Billy? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, as I was saying at the top of the show, you're somebody I'm very familiar with, even though we haven't spoken with uh, in about 20 years. Imagine you know, that. it has been a while, Billy. The last time uh, that actually we were coming to a jackpot uh, during the 9-11, we had called that morning. We'd uh, seen it on the television that the towers had been attacked, 
and uh, we called back at uh, Jackpot to see if we were going to still be playing that day. So I think that's probably around the last time that I'd seen you, Billy. Yeah, right around there. It's Actually, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you it was, it was New Year's Eve 2001 going into 2002. That was the last time I saw you. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's almost been 20 years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but, uh, you, know, flies. you know, I, I want to say this, too, is uh, when – one thing I, I definitely remember is, uh, you know, I was working in that uh, that casino, that small casino no, called the Horseshoe, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and uh, I, I, I was there for about three years employed under them, and uh, I remember every time you were booked, you always brought this positive vibe. And and you really really drug drug in the, the the crowd. You you brought them in. People really really loved you back there. And uh, I got I I'm sure you miss the days that uh, you played there. I do I do. Matter of fact, I, I've even been thinking about calling up the agent again, uh, Billy, to just say, hey. Ian, can you book us there one more time? I've been thinking about that. Yes, we certainly do. We love to play in there, that's for sure. Uh, the, the horseshoe has changed so much. I'm, I don't know if you're aware of this. The hor- no, I'm not. Yeah, the, they, don't e- they don't even have uh, tables there anymore. It's all been changed to slot machines. The horseshoe is open for, what, maybe five hours on, on weeknights and seven hours on weekdays. You know, it, it's changed so much. Ah, uh, okay. Is Cactus Pete still having entertainment over there, uh, Billy? Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, I mean, my okay. wife, my wife and I just saw uh, uh, a little over a year ago. We saw Skid Row at the Gala Room, and then of course they have the the one stage there, uh, the one main stage. So they, you know, uh, maybe maybe get you booked on that stage, perhaps. You, know? you never know. Yes, sounds good, Billy. <laughs> But uh, for the listeners, now, for those who are not familiar with Larry Keys, uh, why don't you give the uh, listeners a bit of background, tell them about yourself a little bit. Well, Billy, from Salinas, California, that's my hometown, and I started there when I was eight years old, a few years back. <laughs> I'm now 68, I'll go ahead and tell everybody that, but uh, started uh uh, I played about three years, and then I joined my first band when I was 11 years old. And I had a band uh, down in the Salinas area called The Chords. And uh, we did a lot of things back with that band. Uh, we had a manager that really got uh, enthused with us and uh, put us on some really nice shows like uh, Dick Clark uh, Productions, uh, Happening 69. We did that. Uh, uh, that was a, a the Paul Revere and the Raiders, I guess they were the host of it and stuff. And uh, we just had a really good time with that band. I got a lot of good exposure out of that. So that was kind of the beginning there. And then I uh, got here in Fresno. I think I, oh, shoot, it was Fresno in 73. I got here and uh, I've been here pretty much since <laughs> in Fresno. And then uh, did my road trips and stuff like that. But uh, Fresno is where I call home now. Yes. Yes, you and you'd often drive all the way from uh, Fresno to Jackpot. How how long did that take? Uh, I think I think it was around twelve hour drive, uh, Billy. Yeah, I think it was twelve. Yeah, uh, yeah, across across that uh, endless sagebrush desert you call Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it's uh, miles and miles of nowhere. <laughs> 
You know, you know, you go through uh, Wyoming and it's pretty much the same thing. Only you get to see antelope. <laughs> yeah, right. well, we played Wyoming quite a bit. We did that uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what what I wanted to ask you because I know that uh, you ventured out all the way to Jackpot, but uh, yeah, I mean, what's, what's the farthest uh, you've you've had the opportunity to venture out? Well, the Nashville, you know, I played back there. I got a, a few dates back there in the past. Uh, I've done. Uh, Oh, shoot. Uh, just pretty much covered a lot of states whenever I was on the road with uh, Jeremiah Sundown. He's an act out of Tennessee, and uh, I traveled with him quite a bit. Uh, actually, after I graduated from high school, I was on the road with him steadily for two years, and then uh, kind of every now and then got on the road with him. So that was uh, some of the stuff I did there. Went back as far as Tennessee. That was about it. Yeah, well, I lived in Memphis uh, right around 2006 to 2007. I lived in Memphis for a little while. Did you, did you ever get to play Beale Street? Nope, never did. Oh, no. oh man, what a bummer. Been there, but never did. <laughs> did. Did you get to eat there? Uh, you know, I, I don't. Uh, we, caught, we went to a place... Uh, Oh, uh, was it? Uh, there was one thing that kind of stood out in my mind: uh, Mud Island. Wasn't that right there in Memphis? I don't recall. I think my my favorite place. I'd often go to the Hard Rock there on Beale Street, or BB uh, King's was the best barbecue I think I've I've ever had in Tennessee. Oh, okay, alrighty. Yeah, that was. Uh, yep, just not real familiar with a lot of it. We kind of passed through a lot of times. Uh, Billy is what we did on whenever we were on the road. So. Didn't have a lot of memories of a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, I mean, uh, you know, you, you get to work out in Nashville, and, um, you know, that's quite an accomplishment. In fact, uh, other artists I've I've talked to, whether they're here, from here in Idaho or uh, some are from, a lot of them actually from Texas and went up to Nashville, too. So mm -hmm. working, working there, um, you obviously have had uh, – I mean that—that's an accomplishment. Yeah, it's a it kind of a, a lot of the stuff that we were doing back in Tennessee at the time was that uh, we were doing showcasings at the time, Billy. I didn't really reside there too much, but I would go back there every now and then to kind of talk with record companies and stuff like that. You know, seeing if I could get that that elusive record deal down the road there. You know, but. Uh, that that was pretty much the times that I would spend in Nashville, plus some friends that I knew here from Fresno that moved back there, uh, kind of get together with them a little bit. So that's kind of what I did back there. Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said, when you when uh, you hit jackpot, you know, just uh, Pete, uh, all, almost the whole town or the the whole staff of uh, Cactus Pete's came to see you and. Yep. I rem I remember uh, partying it up and uh, drinking drinking beer and while after work while while you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, there. There was the fun place to play. Everybody that was over across the street would always come over there. They said, "This is our fun house." <laughs> now I also remember too is uh, you know you mentioned Paul Revere and the Raiders and uh, they at the time they were playing the Gala Room and. Uh, and uh, once their act was over, they'd come over and see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and uh, also uh, the uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I had some of the players that uh, were on one of my sessions at the Barbara and Romeo album. I had some of the players that were there. They came over. Bob Carpenter, he would come over, drop by and see us. And 
Oh, shoot, we had Desert Rose Band on that album. Uh, there was quite a few different people that uh, played with us. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Highway mean, they, 101. They didn't just come over to see you. You gave them the opportunity to share the stage with you. Yep, yep. If they, if they wanted to get up, they were, they were always welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun times, fun times. I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good. Yes, yes. Um, of course, I, I remember the first time I saw you, and, um, you know, you uh, you had a keyboard player, and I can't remember his name, but he used to sing Macarena. And, uh, ah, that was Danny Mendoza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. My buddy. Yeah, because I I remember I bought a VHS tape from you, and uh, it's where I saw the video Barroom Romeos. Uh (laughs) Oh, I want to take a moment to talk about that video, because that that video was something else. I mean, we're talking, it's comical, you know, basically, the the song lineup, you Barroom Romeos. Right, right. And I remember there's a big old brawl that breaks out in the the video, (laughs) and so basically... The losers were the ones who were fighting in it. Who's the winner in the end? The man on the stage, that's you. <laughs> yeah, that was me walking out the door with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, all those guys were just local guys here. You know, everybody said, man, those guys look like they were actors that were in that, you know. And I said, no, they were all, they, they all just jumped in there. <laughs> we kind of rehearsed it a couple of times with them just before we shot the video uh, clip. He, him and his wife, Joan, she was pretty instrumental in all that, too, trying to get everybody to get organized a little bit on it. But it came out really good. We were pretty happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good song. The video was comical. So. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you were giving me a bit of backstory on that, is uh, that that video was actually played on on uh, the Nashville Network, or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a TNN at the time, I think it was called. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, played it about three different times, and then uh, Dolly came out with her video, uh, the uh, Romeo. So we kind of got spun off there a little bit, and uh, so but got a little bit of airplay off of it. We were pretty happy with that. Yeah, a little, little bit of national, maybe some worldwide attention. That's always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it is. Then <laughs> one song that uh, I I wish I could put in the. Um, in the uh, in the upcoming music set, when we're uh, done talking here, is a song that uh, you often played at Jackpot called "Showpiece," and I, I remember mm-hmm. I, it was it was a loved song. I love that song. In fact, uh, I remember one of my coworkers I think uh, requested that you do it as a closing song. Yeah, it was it, it was uh, one that was very popular around here in the Fresno area too. Whenever I would play the clubs and uh, stuff like that, but pretty much everywhere I played, Billy Showpiece was always one of the ones that were on top there. Maybe next time, whenever we hook up or something, uh, Billy, we'll make sure you have a copy of that one. Absolutely, that you can play for the people. Absolutely. So, um, talk about uh, the background, the inspiration behind that song. You know what? Uh, what ideas did you have when you wrote that song? Well, actually. Th- the tune showpiece, whenever that came into play, there uh, there was a guy here that around town that he was kind of 
playing at different places and stuff, and he asked me if I would come in with him to help him kind of finish the song up. So musically, I, I added a lot to it musically, and I uh, helped him out with some of the lyrics, and that that's pretty much uh, where I came with that song. He was kind of floating it around here a little bit, and he said, I kind of needed some help here, Larry, so I kind of jumped in and helped him finish up the song. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, I should say, uh, Showpiece is a masterpiece. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, often, though, when we listen to your songs that uh, were, were recorded in studio, you know, and those that you wrote yourself, uh, more have the country feel to them. But, yes. But you, mix, you mixed it up when you were on stage, covered a lot of rock and roll. So who would you say uh, some of your uh, main influences were? Uh. You know, Elvis Presley, I have to say, is, uh, is certainly the top of the list there. I mean, whenever I was a kid, I used to go into where I could get echo chambers like Elvis's voice. He had that nice echo back then, you know, and I was just a kid. And, and I would go in rooms that were hollow and try and get my voice to sound echoey like Elvis's. <laughs> I, would, I would say Elvis is probably the, the, the major influence. And, and a lot of the country artists uh, through the years, uh, George Jones, you know, I listened a lot to him too, you know. I, matter of fact, I was fortunate enough to even do a show with uh, George Jones here nice. in Fresno nice. before he passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and no, I think, um, I mean, uh, what I remember too, I mean, obviously, you just, I just said, you know, you guys played the Macarena. You didn't sing that, but you, you know, you played along with it. Um, but, right. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember you covering some Stevie Ray Vaughan, who's probably, uh-huh. Stevie Ray Vaughan's one of my all time favorites when it comes to blues and rock and roll. Absolutely, mine too. Yeah, yeah, and we're still doing them, Billy. <laughs> we still on yeah. our shows, whatever we play, uh, Stevie Ray's in there. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There, there's another group that's uh, they're out of California. I think they're out of Burbank. Uh, they were there since uh, Alan Mercatani has passed away. He's, by the way, he's the only Asian uh, blues singer I've I've ever known of in my life, but. Um, yeah, uh, it's just it's just a shame what happened to him. But I guess he passed on his uh, opportunity to to really make it uh, mainstream because he he was well on his way and just passed on it. Didn't want to really go that big. But he he had opened for the Stones, you know. And uh, yeah, they were called uh, BB Chung King and the and the Buddha Heads. <laughs> Whoa! And they they were out of where Burbank. Oh, Burbank. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't think I'd heard of them, but, uh, you know, a lot of people like that, uh, Billy, you know, they just haven't quite got that get up and really they want to go with it. If they get a little taste of it and they say, man, I just don't really want this, you know, that does happen, I think, yeah. a lot with artists, you know. Yeah, but, uh, he kind of represents, uh, you know, the old school style of blues, you know. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep, and love the, that too. Yeah, um, one thing I got to ask you though is with uh, country music uh, today. I mean, um, you know, and I'm not trying to really diss on any artists in particular because uh, you know there's there's a lot of talent out there, but I think um, you know there's too many genres and too much mislabeling. Like uh, this is an example I've used before, like Thomas Rhett. Um, his voice is country. I'll give him that. His, uh-huh. his music is not. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and actually, you know, 
doing like the songwriting thing a lot, uh, Billy. I will not listen to a lot of the new artists, you know. I mean, I, I'm familiar with ones, you know, that uh, if uh, somebody comes up and says, hey, you guys' band needs to do this one, you know, I'll pop it on there real quick and we'll, we'll, we'll throw it together real quick, a lot of tunes. But as far as listening to the radio and knowing who these new artists are, Billy, I really don't. You know, a, a lot of them that are coming up, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. Like I said, there, I think there's a, there's a big misconception of what is what anymore. Right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I mean, understand. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I it's better than pol- political correctness, though. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh. But, uh, yeah, the, so... Uh, like I said, it's been almost twenty years to, uh, since the last time we saw we saw each other, and uh, you know I, mm-hmm. miss, I miss those days. But uh, these been too long, Billy. Been yeah, been too long now. Uh, hey, if you happen to book Boise or Twin Falls or anyway, you got to let me know. You got my number. You know, Billy, there was a place in Twin Falls we used to go all the time. It was a hamburger place. Whenever we was playing at Jackpot. Uh-huh. I can't remember the name of it, but it was worldly known right there in Twin Falls. It was a hamburger place, right? It seemed like it was kind of on the outskirts of town there, but we would always make a point to get over there and go to that hamburger place. <laughs> oh, if it's near an Albertsons, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it was uh, really good hamburgers. I remember we'd always make a point to get there. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and that, that place mm-hmm. is, it's, hey, it's still there. Still there, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, that that does bring me to one other question, though. Have you had the opportunity? Uh, you know, obviously you came to Jackpot, but uh, you played Twin Falls, you played Boise or Salt Lake City or any of those. There was one little club there uh, in Twin Falls. I know they were wanting to book us over there one time, but uh, we couldn't get it quite scheduled there. We were going to come back and do it. It was kind of a big nightclub at the time there. Uh, we went in there a couple of times, and they came over and seen us at uh, uh, at the Jackpot there and said, well, we'd love to have you here at our club, but uh, we never did quite pull it together. I can't quite remember what the name of the club was, but it was a pretty big one there. In yes. Twin Falls. Uh, I know that uh, it was just so unfortunate because I just watched, you know, I watched Royal Bliss at uh, – Diamonds Event Center in Jerome, and I, I watched uh, other bands that are like Red Sun Rising and Boba Flex. Others you may not have heard of, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I had a lot of fun at that club, and they just recently closed it down. Ju- I think just before COVID hit, they closed it down. Ah, maybe that might have been it. I yeah. can't remember, Billy. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings me to another question, too. Obviously, 2020 just has sucked. Shit year. <laughs> Not a good time for the the music industry. That's that's for sure. I set out a lot this year. Uh, you know, not really pursuing. There, there was more casuals actually than club dates and stuff like that. You know, and now things are beginning to pick up a little bit now, Billy. Uh, people are starting to have their weddings that they postponed and stuff like that. So, yeah. booking out quite a bit with those kind of things, and the clubs are picking back up a little bit. But what are the positives you think you can take out of this whole thing? Uh, boy, I'll tell you, that's, that's kind of a tough one there, Billy. Uh, the positive of, uh, the COVID, um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, boy, that, that, that's tough. I haven't really thought about it in that, in that just, angle there too much. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe my songwriting, uh, maybe I got a little more into that at the time, you know, because I had more time to do that and uh, spending more time with the family, I guess. Uh, maybe that was uh, maybe a positive of it, uh, Bill. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the most common answers I get. Like, uh, you know, I interviewed uh, Ross, the boss, a former uh, – guitarist of man of war and he said oh it's given me an opportunity to go back to the studio and finish un- un- unfinished projects that i've had right. lingering for the past 20 years so yep. you know, a lot of songwriting more family time yeah that's a that's a very common answer i get to that question mm-hmm. <laughs> now uh here's one that i j- i just love asking this question because of the crazy answers i get now this doesn't matter if you've uh, if if you're you're at a uh, some some dirty dive bar some shithole hole in the wall out in the middle of nowhere Kentucky that holds a maximum capacity of about twenty five people if you're lucky, or or say you booked out Madison Square Garden doesn't doesn't matter the venue. What do you think the craziest thing you have witnessed is while performing on stage? Ah. Uh. Actually, one of the weirdest things that ever happened is that uh, the band, the chords we had back when we were kids, we were playing this gig at a teen club. They called them teen clubs a lot back then. And I remember I was up there singing, and out of the corner of my eye, all of a sudden, my guitar player just disappears. I mean, and, and I kept singing, you know, I think, no, well, maybe he just stepped back. Well, he did. He stepped back. But whenever he went back, he fell off the stage and we were about six foot high on that stage. I mean, we were pretty high up there. <laughs> oh man. And I said, we stopped the song about three quarters in. Everybody says, Ronnie's down on the floor and he broke the neck of his guitar. It's down on the floor. He just bought this brand new Rickenbacker guitar. <laughs> oh wow. And he's laying down on the floor and we went running down. Ronnie, are you okay? Says, wow. What happened, man? <laughs> That's probably the weirdest thing I remember on stage. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I mean, he just flew off, man. I mean, I thought, well, maybe he just stepped back out of my sight, you know, because I was singing at the time. <laughs> oh boy, that was, yeah, that was a funny one. <laughs> you know, one other thing I think I should share with you too is, um, you know, it was shortly a year after um, I had. Uh, I, I had gotten fired from jackpot, you know, I, I left, uh, you know, I was, I was probably, um, unemployed for about half a year and then, um, you know, took a seasonal job, started and cut, I was unemployed again, but collecting unemployment at that time. And then I was, I decided, you know, I got, I got all this casino experience three years of jackpot. I should move to either Vegas or Reno. And I ended up moving to Reno and, uh, get, but uh, getting a job at the casinos there was was tougher than I thought and ended up taking an office job where I ended up dating this one young girl who was from Fresno and she knew exactly who you were. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, from Fresno, okay. Yeah. What was the name? Uh, Burgess. Burgess, and, yeah. I mean, they said they didn't know you personally, but they they knew your name. They've seen you perform. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
<laughs> yeah. So I just thought I'd share that with you. It's like, so you, cause she, you know, I had moved over from Twin Falls and she had moved into Reno from, from Fresno at the time. So we, we hit Reno right, right around the same time. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had uh, one of my, uh, uh, um, lives over in Birdie there, a guy who used to play steel guitar for me back in the, uh, the eighties, uh, he moved over there, and he's been there ever since. He likes it over there, Verde, uh, Nevada. <laughs> oh yeah, I know where you're talking about. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there. And now, uh, have you ever booked uh, the, uh, venues in Reno or Vegas as well? Uh, we did uh, Reno. I played with the Billy Armstrong show. I'm trying to think of the name of the Eldorado. I think it was the Eldorado that we played there, and also uh, we played out at the uh, Shy Clown. I think it was there in Reno. God, so many years ago, Billy. But I played there with the Billy Armstrong show. Now, if it was uh, the Eldorado, I'm thinking you must have played uh, a little uh, little bar there called the Bruise Brothers. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, it, it was kind of the 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 uh, theater room there they had there at the El Dorado at the time. I know because we used to play there, and we'd have uh, oh, uh, what was that group out of Texas? Uh, uh, I saw Miles and Miles. What was the name of that group there, Billy? Uh, they'd come in all the time and sit out there with us. Merle Haggard and his band would come in whenever we play there at the El Dorado. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed Reno and Shy Clown. I. I was supposed to audition for Merle one time back there, and uh, I'd, I'd overslap. Uh, the The guitar player uh, had uh, told me that night, whenever he was in, we were seeing the Billy Armstrong show, he came in to see it. He said, Larry, come down the next day. Merle's looking for a bass player, man. And I overslept that. Can you believe that, Billy? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's a Roy bummer. Nichols, he invited me out. He said, come and audition for Merle, Larry. Darn it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> by the way, since I mentioned Bruise Brothers, I'll just tell you this. If you ever go there, just be careful with uh, drinking the beer at Bruise Brothers. So. Okay. <laughs> I'll watch out for that. I mean, it, it only took it only took me uh, ha- about uh, oh, half, a po- half a pint, and I, I knew I, I had way too, way too much to drink. And, uh, <laughs> too I, much fun. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, I kind of like to... St- you know, when I, when I, even when I was drinking at the horseshoe, I kind of like, I didn't like to get drunk that fast. I, you know, I kind of wanted to expand my time, you know, and, and make it last a little bit. Right. Right. <laughs> but I don't know what, what beer was stronger, you know, so, you know, it was that one or uh, when I went to South Africa in 2012 and I tried one of their beers, you know, and that was pretty strong too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Good times. Okay, yep. right. Times. Uh, some you remember. Some you don't. <laughs> so, um, from what I understand, now you've got you you do have some more stuff coming out. Can you give us a little teaser on that? Well, you know, actually, it. Uh, I haven't real. I just finished up the the new album, which was "Don't Look Back." I finished that one up. Uh, we haven't even had an album release party on that yet. Uh, uh, been kind of. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my wife, uh, Billy. You know, she's having uh, some uh, uh, physical things that are going on. You know, and been wanting to spend a lot of time with her. I just celebrated our forty fourth anniversary. So congratulations. 
Yeah, 44 years. She says, well, most people think, how did I ever stick with you? I said, oh, well, I don't know, honey. I guess I'm a pretty good guy after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all, almost as long as I've been alive. So, wow. Yeah. That's uh, Then you're, you're, uh, you're 44, huh, Billy? <laughs> I'm 46, actually. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but still, I'd say that's uh, almost as long. I can't say quite as long as I've been alive, but almost. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> and uh, just one more question here before we wrap it up. Um, say a group of kids ages 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you they want to start a band and get in the music business. What advice do you think you'd give them? Uh, do they have a day job? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's just a tough, it's even tougher now, Billy, you know, the clubs, uh, don't, uh, I mean, just up till, uh, maybe, uh, seven years ago, I was playing clubs five nights a week and, uh, you know, here in Fresno, I mean, I was working them, going out, doing my road gigs and stuff like that. I had a home, you know, I, I played the pub for like eight years. I played the Hacienda for five years, you know, so I didn't move around a lot, you know, and I was able to make my living in those clubs. I paid for my home, you know, but yeah, it just, uh, I just don't know, uh, if there's that much work, unless you're just going for the big stuff, you know, and you want to be in the big, the big time, you know, the little time is not there as much as it used to be, you know, to where you can actually make a living at it. But, uh, that that's what I see there. It's tougher. It's tougher than it even was then. Oh yeah. I agree with you 100%, you know, and, um, you know, some things are easier, like getting your music out there is a lot easier now here in the digital age over the internet. Yes, it is. Where, I mean, you know, whereas before, you know, you want to go, you have to go either New York, Los Angeles or Nashville or somewhere. Now, now it's a lot easier to do that. But, um, you know, with more gain on that, you know, it's, it's uh, there's a, it's a lot, it's, it's definitely a lot tougher, you know? Yeah, it is. It, it, but like you said, even with the new stuff now, you know, being able to work the internet, uh, you're even able to showcase yourself there on the internet as a player. You know, if you're, if you're just a guitar player and not, uh, not a vocalist or something like that, at least you have the opportunity to be able to showcase your talent uh, just right there on the websites and stuff. So people can actually pick you from there, you know. Yes. Oh, one, one more question, actually. Um, you know, during COVID, too, a lot of, a lot of musicians were actually show, uh, showcasing themselves through live, uh, through live videos on Facebook and things like that. Did you do anything right. like that? Uh, yeah, I didn't do a lot of it. I mostly, I just posted my uh, videos and stuff like that and stuff that I'd already done. I didn't do too much live stuff on there. I think, uh, I did, uh, one here recently. I think I put a couple of tunes on there, but not really a lot of it, uh, really. Yes. Just kind of showcasing my, my albums and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Larry, that's all the questions I have for you. It's uh, almost time to hit a music set, and I can't say enough of what a pleasure it has been talking to you again after all these years. Um, We're going to play three more songs by the Larry Keys Band in the upcoming set, but before we get to that, uh, why don't you uh, give yourself a plug and, uh, you know, if Tell the listeners uh, where they can find you. And I believe you got SoundCloud out there. You got a you got a Facebook page. 
Yeah, I pretty much just tell everybody, check us on Facebook. Uh, the wife is usually posting everything that we're going to be doing on there, and they, they can kind of get an update of all the new stuff that we're doing. So Facebook pretty much covers it there, Facebook, uh, the Larry Keys Band. Yeah, better emphasize, too, Keys is not K-E-Y-S, it's K-E-Y-E-S. Got it, Billy. <laughs> yeah, better <laughs> emphasize that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Larry, once again, thank you so much for joining the show. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And like I said, you got my number. You you book Boise. You book Twin Falls, Pocatello, or even Salt Lake City. You got to let me know. Oh, I played Pocatello, God, years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, Billy. Hey, I appreciate you, man. And thank you for having me and all you listeners out there. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, and God bless. You too, Billy. And there you have the interview with Larry Keys. It's time to go to the first music set. Coming up, we have three more songs by Larry Keys. And we also have Diamante and a, uh, a good one from another artist I just discovered, uh, The Hell's Kitchen 419. Yes, yeah, so we have that in the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Stomp, stomp, California, 
we stomp and love the wild, wild west It's where we belong We're kicking up our heels and the party's going strong Come on and stomp, stomp, California stomp Stomp, stomp, California stomp Stomp, stomp, California stomp supermarkets worldwide are you tired of having the same old soft drink day after day week after week year after year well the makers of mountain dew have solved that problem it's dolly parton's titty sweat direct from the titties of dolly parton and freshly squeezed too and yes it's 100 percent natural and great tasting too it's dolly parton's titty juice now available for only $19.99 a can and available at supermarkets worldwide.
Dude, somebody shit in the punch bowl. Saw you in the bar Just the other night It's been a long time, girl You're still a sight But here you come Right the very first time Making me crazy Driving me out of my mind I went through hell It took a little while Had to let go I had to learn how to smile Now here you are Just strutting your style Making me crazy Yeah, driving me wild Gotta leave Gotta get out of here It's not the feelings Just this damn old fear Gotta go Stare at me Just turn around, baby And let me be I got this feeling That I might go back Let you hurt me No, I can't do that Gotta leave Gotta get out of here It's not the feelings Just this damned old fear democracy. It's got something to do with young men killing each other, I believe. When it comes my turn, will you want me to go? For democracy. Any man would give his only begotten son. I'm gonna say it loud so everyone can hear me and clearly fuck critical race theory sincerely. It's got me severely pissed of all the things that make me mad. This tops my list. Just being white you're not a racist, being racist is racist Just fucking face it If you think I'm wrong, then I think you're stupid Your brain's polluted, cause you can't be excluded Running your mouth, not letting anyone speak The last I checked, we had the freedom of speech And the right to preach So sound the alarm, I support the second amendment The right to bear arms And you can bet the farm that I stand for the anthem You fucking live 
retard Talking shit at random Crying over milk that's already been spilled No apologies from me, I got zero white guilt And here's to you, Becky Pringle in the NEA Bitch, who you think you are anyway? To tell our kids they're evil just cause they're white That's a fight I'll fight, cause it's just not right And to you, Randy Weingarten, you nasty troll You wanna demonize our kids, it's gotten out of control What the hell's wrong with you in the AFT? Real Americans like me say fuck TRT Have you ever heard of libtard? They're full of bull Brain stuck on empty, mouth on full Yep, 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 yep That's all they ever say when they open their trap And that's a fact, I'm so sick of the drama If America's so racist, how the fuck we get Obama? Who just caused trauma and crippled the nation Exceeded expectation and hate for Caucasians the race card and tear down the system Convinced if you're black that you must be a victim We're here together and the clock moves clockwise Stop looking back, we're all perfect in God's eyes The government's God's eyes, I'll tell you what I've seen I think for myself, I got the BMAT 2G And if you wanna change America, I'll tell you what to do When you wake up in the morning, just be the best you And here's to you, Becky Pringle in the NEA Bitch, who you think you are anyway To tell our kids they're evil just cause they're white That's a fight I'll fight, cause it's just not right Just came walking in. Light up, you barroom Romeo. 
Say the best man win. Oh, say the best man win. Hey, cowboys, listen, you're looking for a rowdy time. But she'll brush you off quick. But so many they want to try Last week she was with one of the boys Haven't seen him since that night But look, she's out on the town again tonight So light up, you barroom Romeos Look what just came walking in So light up, you barroom Romeos Be the best man with There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train what news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray product. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit, that shit, fuck shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Barroom Romeos by Larry Keys. Before that, The Hell's Kitchen 419 with FCRT. Before that, Larry Keys with Don't Look Back. Prior to that, Diamante with Bite Your Kiss. And starting off the whole set, Larry Keys with California Stomp. And uh, yeah, it was good talking to Larry after uh, almost 20 years. Yes, good to know that uh, he's still out there putting together some uh, some good music. And, uh, you know, he's still performing, even at, even at the age of 68. Hey, uh uh, you know, somebody once said that 70 is a long ways from old. So, yeah, Larry, you're a long ways from old. <laughs> All right. So in just a few minutes, uh, you'll, you're going to hear the conversation between uh, Dirk and I talking about, once again, <laughs> uh, the, the racist retard, Crazy Joe. Yes, um, and see, Crazy Joe actually thinks he's uh, making a friend who is actually the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. 
Yes, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is an old nemesis of mine, Christopher John Lowerman out of Chicago. I mean, the one who was always riding Fresno's coattails, and now he's trying to uh, get this false information to uh, Crazy Joe, trying to tell him all the lies about me supposedly stealing money from Fresno and all that, which never happened. And God, you know, Fresno and Chris are like herpes. They just never seem to go away. Oh, Lord. Anyway, so let's uh, continue this uh, discussion on the Outlaw Radio bashing zone. You're a prick. I like to fucking suck out your eyeballs and skull fuck you. That's what I think, okay? What's the matter, Billy? I'm stupid because I'm a panty wearing sissy faggot. You shut your fucking mouth, you asshole! You don't scare me, tough guy. Well, come on! Asshole! 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 That's what you are, a fat asshole! You're a sick, entitled bitch who thinks the world owes you. This is the Outlaw Radio. Bashing Zone. I made your grandfather fuck your sister in the fucking asshole while he licked your mother's asshole while she was taking a shit on your father. That's what I did. And your grandmother licked it off his belly and baked it and basted it and then served it to the whole fucking family. Where's your big comeback now, huh, tough guy? New from Breathwasters Records, it's the worst of Idiot Joe. Subtitled, the sad, angry little old geezer with no dick, no friends, and no self-control. <laughs> Hear all of Idiot Joe Martin's racist, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, garbage routine, including these disgusting throwbacks. Yes, I'm a racist. I hate blacks. Yeah, I call them chocolates. Let me tell you, the biggest crime that the Jews did, they crucified our Lord because they wouldn't believe that he was the Messiah. You got a lot okay? of inside. Because I love Jesus. Hate you, love, you people, you people hate Jesus, okay? So that's the difference between my culture and your non-culture. You shut your mouth and do my dishes, Winch. And you can do my laundry, too. Okay. Your motherfucking got the black man's cock in their fucking pussy. You're a wigger. You got your hat on backwards. You want to be Whoa. black? You fucking pussy? You fucking want to be chocolato? Why don't you put yourself black paint on your fucking body? I could sit here all day long and tell you people that I'm a badass from New York. He declares himself a big stuff. I am afraid of man. You know, I forgot what I was going to say. I got a brain fart. Yes, with his unoriginal style of babbling bullshit, no one has ever done more with less than Idiot Joe. <laughs> You're damn right. The Voice of Idiot Joe is available on three C90 audio cassette tapes or three vinyl LP records. Sorry, no CDs or MP3 download versions here because Idiot Joe is so behind the times, he doesn't even know what the fuck those things are, let alone how to master them. Shut the fuck up, retard. To order The Voice of Idiot Joe, Call 1-500-S-M-A-L-F-R-Y. Call and order now before supplies last forever.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Bashing Zone, yes, it's been a few months since I've done this. In fact, it's only the second time that I've actually done this, unless uh, you really want to count the um, the segment that I recorded with Matt Connerton a few weeks ago. Um, however, I was nice uh, when I recorded that segment. Now I'm taking off the fucking gloves. So I and I was ready. I was ready to put this matter to bed, but the racist, re- retarded New Yorker can't keep my name out of his mouth. He can't keep Charles Richardson's name out of his mouth. He can't keep Matt's name out of his mouth. And of course, my guest that I have joining me for this segment, uh, he can't keep his name out of his mouth either. I want to welcome Dirk from Arrogant Media. How you doing? Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad to be doing this. Yes, yes. Like I said, I had no intentions of doing this until, uh, you know, this, uh, so the situation just came about where he just can't, he can't shut his mouth. And now um, there's been some gas thrown on this fire and uh, just got to talk about it. So uh, let's talk about, t- first off, that night he was on the Charles Richardson show. I believe you also were there. Yeah, I was treated as like the main event for that whole night. Um, like even Matt Connerton was making a point of like, you know, I, I got to dip because I know Dirk's planning on calling in. Um, I, and, and I was like a little nerve wracked because like I, I've never I, I've never really done Internet blood sports before because that's really what that was. Um, and that's what Joe wanted. So uh, I was what I was going to do was just like comment things in the chat. And then, you know, leave it at that because Joe doesn't talk to people. He talks at people. And um, so they said to call in, you know, they, they kept telling me, you know, just, just call in, call in. And, you know, I was working my day job. So I had to wait until after I was, I was done so I could be able to do that. But once I, I did it, um, I, I took a couple hits of uh, THC and uh to to call my nerves down and that seemed to have helped but like i i pinned him i pinned that guy hard (laughs) (laughs) he he doesn't he doesn't know shit he doesn't understand what fair use is he doesn't understand that um you know i i don't have to get in trouble for like putting a picture of of him on a, a ku klux klan member like i think well, I mean, not only did I do that, but I took a picture of Piper Perry uh, and put his face on her body. You know, it's you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I just want to make fun of idiots on the uh, on the Internet. You know, by the way, since you mentioned that name to to me and I uh, Piper Perry, I had to look that up and like, damn, she, she's a fucking contortionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, too young for my taste and too skinny for me, but damn, <laughs> she's like, she's like flexible. That's for sure. That woman is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I like my women with some meat on their bones, got some bigger tits, you know, and, and a little bit older, but damn, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and that's, you know, if you see my wife, you'll, you'll understand, um, you know, what, what I'm into, but 
the women I like. Um, but um, I, I get a, I get a lot of jokes for uh, for being a, uh, a a huge fan of Brandy Love. Um, uh, I know who she is. If you can get her on your show somehow, dude, you're you're set. That's it. <laughs> I, I will I will give you nothing but praise. You know, I've already. Yeah, I've, I'm kind of straight away from that, but I did have one uh, former uh, former adult actress turned singer on the show, and that was India Morell, and she was she was awesome to talk to. I mean that that was well, that was. But also, Brandy is is huge into politics, and um, she's she's very conservative. As uh, as is Jenna Jameson too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Any, anyways. Um, uh, <laughs> Back to Joe, because like I, I don't know how we're associating w- women with Joe, but um, it, oh. he he couldn't keep he couldn't stop running his mouth. He continues to talk about wanting to sue me. Uh, how I'll get mine, and I'm a punk, and I and I vape apparently I, on my videos. I'm smoking cigars. Does he not understand what cigars are or what they look like? I don't understand this. Okay, Joe, I because I know you're not going to resist listening to this. Listen. This That's a vape, you fucking idiot. <laughs> All right. So just imagine though, I, I think the shit's gonna hit the fan real soon because if he's pissed off over his face in a clan hood, oh just wait till he sees the picture that I just made. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, I mean, he's gonna shit his fucking pants. Well, he's gonna call you a liar because uh, then he's gonna think that people are are gonna come after him for for what the picture uh, is itself. Like, of course, my picture does not look photoshopped by any means at all. No way, Joe. <laughs> no way does it does that sh- image show that I have actually poor Photoshop skills. And my image, I'll admit, it is photoshopped, and it's not the greatest. But hey, it fits you. That's why I fucking did it. Zip, yeah, you want to? You, you can, uh, and you you don't even know how to spell Nazi. If you go to the the Crazy Joe Show on Facebook, <laughs> he's got Nazi spelled N A Z I. He's supposed to be fucking educated. Well, and he, he dropped out of high school, I believe, and then was uh, getting a uh, degree from the the streets. So, I, I I understand. I understand. Like like coming from the streets can give you certain um, skills and smarts, but like if you don't know how to spell Nazi correctly, like how am I supposed to take anything that you're you're saying politically and apply it? And and not only that, how simple of a word is Nazi? <laughs> Come on. It is. Well, the guy can't use the right form of your either. I'm, yeah, I've seen that. I mean, a lot of people do do that, so I really can't say much on that. In fact, I've even made that mistake myself, you know, between your and you are with an apostrophe and all that. But, <laughs> you know, and by the way, uh Whereas fart humor is funny, uh, it's it's really fucking childish to say, oh, I got a fart, and it sounds totally fake. And you're in the middle of a sentence. This is Joe. And on a, watch one of his videos. In fact, I'm going to put in the audio here. I will definitely consider it 
if you apologize, hold on, I got a fart. Ugh. I will apologize to your bitch. All right, so Dirk, how childish is that? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fart, just sit in your chair and fart. You don't have to lift up and pause yourself to fart. You have to let the world know you fart. Not only that, it sounds fucking fake. Yeah, that whole thing of like, oh, I gotta fart, and then and then you get a huge brap out of it. Like I, that that's loud. Uh, of course, your your microphone from the, your phone is catching it, but uh, there were points where you would hear just a random fart, and then he goes, "Yeah, I I farted." So what? Like, like you, you can't just hold it in. You can't try to make it quieter. Like you don't have to excuse yourself to fart either. I think the farts are actually real just cause I don't have any reason to believe, or I don't see any reason why he would fake farts, but it's just, it's incredibly tacky. It's boomerish. Like fart jokes have their place, but he doesn't quite know how to use it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've sat in this chair doing outlaw radio or any other podcast or whatever I've been a part of, and I farted while I was broadcasting. Of course, I'm not going to tell you I farted, and I'm going to make sure you don't fucking hear it. Come yeah, on. yeah. I mean, um, when I do the when I do the Plastic Paladins like every other Thursday, um, Adam, one of the co-hosts there, uh, at one point revealed to me like. You don't know how many times I, I have uh, pissed in a bottle while doing these streams with you. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. He's going to take my rifle and shove it up my ass. <laughs> yeah, of course, he, he's got that fatuation with asses. We know that. But if you know somebody's got a gun... Why would you fuck with them, knowing what the consequences could be? Yeah, it, it you, you can't do that. Like, well, and if you're carrying a gun and and someone knows that you are doing so and chases after you, that implies that they're they're gonna most likely try to do some form of harm to you, and you have to protect yourself. So, was Joe trying to imply that you're not supposed to own that gun? No, no, he just said, I'm trying to look big, bad, and tough in my uh, Facebook picture when that's not actually the case. It's the fact that I am an outdoorsman. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hunting this year, but uh, it was a tribute uh, to, because I, I it was more about the hat I was wearing more than the gun. It was for the Boer people of South Africa, you know, and I, yeah. I wore a Boer soldier hat. And, uh, of course, I'm kind of impersonating a soldier, and that's why I was holding my rifle in the picture. Yeah, but I'm also referring to the uh, video earlier today that Joe made about you. Because no, like, that, was, that was disgusting. Uh, that was... The video he... First off, the, the, the one where he wrapped a towel around his head, I fucking reported that shit. That is yeah. completely racist bullshit. But no, now we're getting to the point. Uh, this is where my idiot of the week uh, comes into play. Uh, Mr. Christopher John Lowerman of Chicago. Yes, I'm, I'm addressing you. Once again, you know, the one who uh, always kept Fresno's cock in your mouth. The one who, uh, 
you know, has an overly hairy chest, which women of these days, some women like it and find it sexy. I will admit that, but I have yet to find a woman that actually likes man boobs. <laughs> so, an o- so an overly hairy chest with man boobs. Come on, get, get, the, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I, I don't know. And I, I guess there's some kind of kinmanship with Joe. If you ever saw that one video, hey, want to see my titties? Oh, there's plenty of videos where you can see his tits. I that dude is so gross. Here's the thing: if he shaved his head, he would he would look a hundred times better and younger too. Like just shave your head. You can look so much more badass by doing that. Like, I'm not going to take you any more seriously after doing so, but you can, you can at least have a better image for yourself. And then, yeah, like you got to keep the shirt on. Nobody, nobody wants to to watch a, a sweaty older man uh, sitting in front of his phone, talking about uh, black people and, and Jews. And, I, I don't. I don't understand. He, he's so he's so unaware of his surroundings. He's so under unaware of of the fact that people are are watching him because they look at him as a jester. He doesn't realize that people are are just laughing at him. Oh no! I'm a big star. By the way, uh, already somebody said he sounds like uh, when he talks, he sounds like a gay Joe Pesci, which I. Can- <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, I look at him like a goblin. <laughs> you know? well, I'm kind of like Gollum from the fucking Lord of the Rings. Well, that's a that's a hobbit. I, I'm talking about uh, like an actual like goblin. Like, put some green skin on that guy, and he's gonna he's gonna look like he's gonna try to cleave me from from inside a cave. All right. <laughs> oh man, or maybe he's just the troll under the bridge. You know that the, that the goat fucking uh, rammed off the edge. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't eat you if you if you um, fail whatever test he has. He just talks to you until until you can't take it anymore, and then kill yourself. <laughs> so, uh, some hypocrisy that uh, about uh, here, uh, crazy racist retard Joe, Mister Joe Martin. First off, you know I've already addressed you. You're, you got that picture with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's cool. You met a celebrity and then you're talking like, oh, we hang out and drink beer together and smoke cigarettes together and bullshit. And I highly doubt that because if Andrew Dice Clay heard your anti-Semitic bullshit, uh, he, he would want nothing to do with you. You should have heard how he went off on Charlie Sheen for anti-Semitic bullshit. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is a Jewish man. His real name is Andrew Silverstein. And so you're knocking on his people the whole time. And we want to talk about some real hypocrisy. Now, um, Derek, like, uh, you may agree with me or disagree with me. Uh, that's fine. You know, we're all entitled to our own opinions. And we seem to get along pretty good, even though I know you and I are different, different uh, politically in many ways. Uh, but one thing I'm personally against uh, is the Reparations Act, where you know I have to pay my taxes that go to a cert- to certain black people because uh, they they need reparations for their ancestors. I'm sorry, the sins of the father shouldn't be passed on to the son. All right. sl- all slaves and all slave owners are dead. 
they're gone. They're like, what, four generations ago. They're, we're talking, we're coming up 150, 200 years ago. And so when Joe and I talked about that, he, he agreed with me that, you know, that that, that uh, reparations is silly and stupid and only causes more division. But Mr. Martin wants to knock on Jewish people for the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, you Dirk, tell me what Jewish person that filed the paperwork to have the Romans crucified Jesus is alive today. Well, uh, I, I spoke with my, my grandmother and uh, I, I confronted her after looking into her, her journal from 2000 years ago. And, and I, I talked to her about you know, what she wrote about how she was part of the crucifixion of, of Jesus Christ. And I, I looked at her, and I said, what the fuck happened here? What did you do? So, you know, sorry, I guess Joe's right here. <laughs> Gone. Nobody's alive from that era. No, no, no one is. And what, so, so why do Jewish people of today need to need to be on on the receiving end of bullshit for something that happened two thousand years ago? Come on. Not only this, but I I know the Bible better than Joe does, and, and Jesus said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." During the crucifixion. Like the FBI recognizes the argument that Joe made as anti-Semitism. So, you, I mean, and when Jesus said that, he was referring to the Jews who filed the paperwork. He was referring to the Romans that did the deed. So, and and uh, the, then he rose and came back. Meaning, uh, you know, the minute he rose from the dead... I mean, uh, removed all doubt of who he was, and and from there it says, "I forgive you." Let's let's let bygones be bygones. But so so that means stop persecuting the Jews for something today's generation, yesterday's generation, and the generation before that did not do. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 here's the thing. I, I want to I want to clarify a little bit more of my political leanings on things because uh-huh. Joe, for some reason, thinks that I'm a leftist. I, I'm not. I, um, I'm a libertarian. And uh, like, a, like a few years ago, I started realizing that that's actually a better description of, of my ideals. I think that taxation is theft because I don't willingly give my money uh, to the government. And I believe that they use it um, very improperly and irresponsibly. So I, I agree. I, 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 yeah, I don't trust my own government. So where, where Joe is thinking I'm some sort of leftist, like I, I'm a total, I'm a total capitalist. I like my capitalism. I want to be my own boss. <laughs> so I, like, he, he, and he, and he ropes people up into these generalizations of like hillbilly leftist um, yuppies from New Hampshire. I'm not even from New Hampshire. I'm from Iowa. Uh, yeah, Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. From the, you know, the the land of corn, depression, and Slipknot. <laughs> we also have the myth. We have, we have the myth capital here too. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though, you get some cold fucking winters up there. Because I I was going through Des Moines the winter of uh, 2016. Oh fuck! 
I wouldn't have it any other way, man. <laughs> I, I I love that like we have incredible autumns and winters. Uh, yeah, see, uh, I've I've talked to people from Iowa, and they came here to Idaho, and they they never. To us, these are hills, but to them, they're mountains. <laughs> so it was quite an experience for them. I mean, I'm from the land of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and I, I think, you know, Joe has also said stuff to degrade the areas we're in. Um, come on now. I mean, you're one of the biggest corn distributors in the country. We're one of the biggest potato distributors in the country. You know, and and of course we we need California uh, minus their liberal bullshit because fa- no, what no farmer no food. Yeah, well, I mean California is a, a desert, but like the the mid the the Midwest is is the we feed the New Yorkers. We're responsible for helping them have food. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, like, you, you cut us off and you're you're screwed. Exactly. Exactly. I uh, know, but to correct you a little bit, uh, you know, you go to the Central Valley of California. Uh, they they have a lot of agricultural production. In fact, to enter California, um, you have to go through a checkpoint, and if you have fruits or vegetables, you have to throw them out because they are dedicated, uh, highly important to what? protect protect their crops. Oh. Yeah, because you yeah you enter California, they there's a checkpoint, and they ask you if you have fruits or vegetables. That's bizarre to me. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, because they're, oh, yeah, may, I mean, you think California probably think L.A., San Francisco, or San Diego or something, but there's a lot of agriculture there, if, and and uh, we're talking uh, so, some of the most important agriculture we have in the country. But Yeah. I mean, otherwise, they wouldn't ask you something like that. <laughs> well, well, doesn't Mayor James Keenan have his uh, vineyard in California? Yeah, it's a, I I don't know that name to be honest with you, but uh, there's there's all kinds of vineyards in California. That's one oh, of their, yeah. their biggest productions. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, Joe, let's get getting back to him now. Uh, like I said, I was mentioning uh, Christopher John Lowerman. Well. That person thinks the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I've had problems with Chris and his butt buddy Fresno for over 10 years. They can't leave this shit alone. They gotta keep it going. They're they're sick individuals. Gotta keep it going. Gotta keep it going. Cannot quit. So yeah, they're keeping um, you know, keeping tabs on me. And uh, I commented on one of Joe's videos, and apparently they're watching what I'm doing. And so here it is. I mean, I don't need to go over that old story where Fresno, I worked for Fresno, then he turned on me and said I stole from him. And just keeping that shit going. But hey, Joe, let me tell you something about Fresno. And you can go to his Twitter profile that he hasn't used in years. That's F-R-E-Z-N, the number zero. And uh, scroll down a little bit, and you will see that uh, he says somebody who was arrested for kitty porn is a victimless crime. This is who you're associating yourself with? (laughs) Uh, Fresno went to jail for threatening to bomb a Burger King. 
this is who you want to associate <laughs> yourself with? <laughs> you hate me that much that you'll go, you'll sink that low to, to associate yourself with these criminals? I, I gotta know. I gotta know. Why did he threaten to to bomb a Burger King? Because okay, because his roommate, a girl named Roxy at the time, was working there and she was busy. And couldn't talk, so he, you know. And he has a problem. He called and called and called again. He, a girl called. He liked the sound of her voice, and so you know, wanted to hook up with her. And when she thought he was the creepy son of a bitch that he is, um, you know, he couldn't take it and threatened to bomb the place. <laughs> <laughs> and and let me tell you something else about Fresno. And yeah, he Fresno too is a racist piece of shit who loves to spew the N word. He also he could have been let out. He's he's blind and he's harmless. And the time he was arrested was right around the time that George Zimmerman was was arrested. And Fresno's bail was much higher than George Zimmerman's. <laughs> you tell me, out of those two, one's a flight risk, one sighted, one one killed a person, one just. One just played on the phone and, and got himself arrested. You tell me who the bigger threat is. But uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Fresno could have been let, let out on good behavior, but he ended up doing his full time after pissing on another inmate. <laughs> and then because, because, you know, he was a constant behavioral problem. We're talking this blind, harmless man who, who couldn't hurt anybody had to be had to be uh, uh, transported to the maximum security prison of the state of Ohio, which is uh, Lebanon uh, Penitentiary, I think it's called. But it's the worst one of the worst prisons in the Midwest. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, oh my God, how you get so butt hurt about being rejected by a woman that you, you threatened to bomb her place of work. I, that is incredible to me. And I know a guy that robbed the same bank twice in blackface, you know? Okay. okay so Fresno's real name is Dennis Wayne Isley, E-I-S-E-L-E. If you Google that name, you will find these articles and you will find court documents on what this shit's done. But yet, crazy Joe, crazy racist retard Joe is going to fall for this shit because I believe he's really gullible. Really fucking gullible. I he mean, is. Apparently, he thought that Trump was watching his show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! You know, I mean, I'm a Trump. I'm I'm a Trump supporter myself. I'm not afraid to admit to it. You know, do I think Trump was perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but uh, you know, it's if you get Trump to retweet you or reply to you, you've accomplished something. I mean. <laughs> Other than that, you know, even even before his presidency, we got him. He's a busy man, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm sure, I'm sure Trump really feels like sitting down and watching some random New Yorker's uh, Facebook stream. I'm be <laughs> before his campaign, he was busy running hotels, casinos, and restaurants. He didn't. You think he, even then, he's not going to have time for this shit. 
he was too busy throwing spaghetti to a wall to see which what sticks. <laughs> you know, I mean, still, I mean, he, he's a businessman. He, he's not gonna. He and he's not gonna listen to an idiot like Joe. I mean, the best you can get is uh, maybe if you were at a Trump rally, if you were close enough to shake hands. That is, if if the bodyguards would let your dumbass get close enough. Yeah. It, and like the whole the whole uh, dice man thing with Joe, like I, I get it. I get like meeting your heroes and really you know having a great moment out of it. Like there are there are pictures of of me with uh, insane clown posse and with Fear Factory, like huge huge influences of of mine. But like it, it doesn't mean I'm I'm anything close to them. It doesn't mean that like I'm in contact with them. It's like you take your influences and, and sure and wear it on your sleeve if you want to. But I, th- I think that Joe tries to copycat way too much and he, and he doesn't really develop his own actual character either. I mean, before I started doing outlaw radio, I was doing a MMA and boxing show and you can go to my, my Facebook and you will clearly see that I have been to the conventions. I've met a who's who, you know, I mean, you see pictures with me and Randy Couture, Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort, who's uh, fighting Evander Holyfield coming up. Um, you know, I, I've met a who's who of uh, in in uh, the UFC. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, uh, Ronda Rousey, another one I've met, and there's my picture with her. God, Ronda Rousey's a babe. Oh, yeah, so out of my league. <laughs> but you. Know, uh, God, after she lost her last fight in the UFC, what they they made a Pornhub spoof and said uh, Ronda Rousey gets fisted by lesbian <laughs> because the, you know the Amanda Nunez, I guess, I guess uh, you know she 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 is a gay woman and uh, and uh, she she just put a, a brutal beating on on Ronda Rousey and forced her into retirement, but they had to do that. That was just that was too funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got you've got someone on the top for way too long, and it becomes boring paying attention to their story. Like I like it when a fighter loses to somebody because then you you have an, like an aspiration of eventually yes. seeing them like have a, uh, a you know topple uh, that previous fight. You know, like you have a goal that's established. And by the way, I have not met Conor McGregor, and nor do I really have interest. Just want to throw that out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I he's kind of made me deny some of my I, Irish heritage, which I, I really don't claim. I'm I'm more proud of my Native American heritage. So, sure, sure. Yeah, I you know, I, I enjoy the, the the ethnic backgrounds that I have, but you know I, I don't make it my identity like Joe seems to do. So. I don't even know what Joe, Joe's identity is if he claims to be Italian. Like he's Hispanic. Oh, really? He's Hispanic and going on racial tirades um, against black people. I, what is he? <laughs> Cuban, Puerto Rican? I'm not sure specifically where. I, I want to say Cuban, but I'm not sure. I would have to say I would have to guess Cuban because they're they're the most light skinned Hispanics you'll see. Hmm. You know, but I mean, I can appreciate the fact that uh, he's a conservative, but at the same time, I can't because, you know, uh, the these 
racist tirades that he puts on, and yet you already have people that say anybody with a conservative mind frame is a racist, and Joe is feeding into that. Not only that, Joe, you've learned you've learned lessons from the liberals very, very well, so you have no room whatsoever to criticize them. Even if I can't stand them, uh, you know, and you can't stand them, yet you act just like them, um, oh, you'll start shit and then play the victim like the perfect cry bully. Only you're, 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 you're horrible at that. Joe, you are the epitome of, you're just a shitstorm of misery and sorrow. There's nothing positive I can find or say about you. But your only redeeming quality is that you're fucking funny. But the fucked up thing is you're not trying to be funny. You're funny because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah, like like Matt Counterton gets people uh, talking to him saying, you know, maybe you should cool it with how much you talk about crazy Joe, but the people that get it are, are recognizing that it's like we're continuous. We're watching a continuous train wreck that just, it, that just keeps going and going. <laughs> like we, we keep finding more and more details about the train wreck as it's happening and, and like looking into it. I, when I discovered Joe a year ago, um, it was from someone from a radio station in, in my local area uh, sharing one of his posts, and then I looked at it, and then I looked at at the uh, the Facebook page, and and there started down a rabbit hole. So the idea was that uh, eventually I would make a video of like, here's what you do, here's what you don't do if you want to run your own online show, because uh, there's a lot of lessons to take from from how Crazy Joe is uh, running his stuff. Like you 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 have to actually keep yourself humbled. Like I use arrogant media. I'm a blowhard, but in reality, when I, when I talk to people that support me, I, I, I try to make sure that they understand that they are appreciated. Um, Joe wants to act like um, the, the Facebook page is his own room, his own special room where he can just walk around naked and, and not get in trouble for it. And so I, I, was, was going to make the video. It was going to be a one and done deal. And then, and then the whole thing blew up with, with Matt and, and Jenny and the racial tirades came out. I was like, okay, I guess that's going to be part of the video too. I better hurry up and whip this up here. I did. And then he threatens to sue me. So I was like, okay, well I can't just get threatened to get sued and, and not say something. So I did. That's where I I put the, where I made the uh, Photoshop image of him as a clan member that's where that came from. <clears throat> and he kept going and just, and going and going. So I, I, the, someone I, I, my close, the closest person I have is um, related to the lawyer of the Kansas city chiefs, the defense lawyer. And uh, he laughed at, at, at Joe from the videos that I made. But when asking for like what we should what we should do, he said just call his bluff, and that was the the um, the actual intention of going to uh, well the intention of calling into Charles Richardson's show when Joe was on there. That was a 
Yeah, I also, this uh, past Wednesday, uh, I was surprised to hear him on the air on Charles' show, and I, I just could not resist, and I had and I had to call in. Of course, you can't hear me talking very much because his loud mouth, I mean, and he had to get loud, make, try to make sure that I don't get a word in edgewise where I just, I just uh, took the phone, the receiver away from my ear and just started hollering into the phone until I could hear Charles asking me to stop. And so I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you hear that and all, you, you just hear him with his Usual bullshit, you hillbilly, you you fuck goats, you fuck sheeps. By the way, it's sheep, not sheeps. God. And Joe, look, Joe, I get consent from my goat. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my! God. But I feel I felt so bad for Charles when when Joe like took a swing at at uh, Charles's wife like that. Uh, that that was fucked up and and that same show this last Wednesday uh Charles pretty much asked politely for Joe to apologize well he didn't he say you have something to say to her and he's like no and he and just like fine Charles hung up on him yeah and uh, then he's on YouTube. He's like, "You set me up. You set me up. I'm not gonna apologize to your bitch." <laughs> um. No, uh, when you disrespect a woman, you're not, especially a married woman. You're not gonna get very good reception from the husband. Yeah, you you don't just uh, shit on someone's partner and expect them to not say something about it. Yes. You know, you know, Dirk though, I hate to say it, but we are out of time. We got to go to the music set coming up here. It's been a while. since I got, you know, I've been talking too much politics or something. It's been good to get some bashing done for once. Yeah. And, uh, with, with how much I've been talking about crazy Joe, it's like, I want to get, I want to get back into talking about, uh, gaming which is originally what i was doing in the first place so yeah <laughs> all right but you uh if you want to go ahead before we hit the music set go ahead and plug your youtube oh sure the um what i do is uh under the youtube channel arrogant media uh there there's a plethora of different stuff in there and it started off with super arrogant bros as a podcast but we started to do youtube videos instead and it's not just that for, for gaming. I also talk about things like uh, cringe videos, music. I do album reviews for Matt Connerton Unleashed every week as well. Nice. Nice. Uh, hey, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. And now it's time to go to the next music set coming up. We have some new tracks. Yes, got a new track from Devils of America be followed by another new track by Christina Taylor. And then we have D. Ramsey, Altrea, and Mickey LaMantia. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. (laughs) 
was sitting at a long stoplight yesterday minding my own business, patiently waiting for it to turn green, even though there was no oncoming traffic. A carload of bearded young punks shouting anti-American slogans with a half-burned American flag duct-taped on the trunk of their car and a best day 9-11 slogan spray-painted on the side was stopped next to me. Suddenly they yelled, Death to America! and took off before the light changed. Out of nowhere, an 18-wheeler came speeding through the intersection and ran directly over their car, crushing it completely and killing everyone in it. For several minutes, I sat in my car thinking to myself, man, that could have been me. So today, bright and early, I went out and got a job as a truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) You were in leather and black, I was hanging in the back of the bar. Not trying too hard It ain't it how it all starts I was your summer shotgun Your Mustang's born to run Out of gas Going way too fast Ain't never felt like that You were telling me things you never said before I was saying them back Cause it felt so sure and I knew Every time I looked at you
I'm solistic. I think I made this beat.
Nations have been stripped of their rights and freedoms to make their own choices in life. Choices are made for them by their government. Insane, isn't it? Attend Red Pill Expo 2021, November 6th and 7th at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. Can't make it to Lafayette? The Expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the Expo and the University is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news. At each and every Red Pill Expo, truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works. A world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend red pill expo 2021 get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org at some point you're going to want to consider this if a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur where would you go seriously where heading into the sticks with some mres in a tent might be all right for a week or two but then what and who's around you who can help you if you need it and how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine-square-mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug-out bunker, with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X points. X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats, that's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. 
Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org building in a little hick town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot, you must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train, and Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Mickey LaMantio with Locked and Loaded, a very appropriate song for uh, this very day. Before that, you'll heard Altrea with Through the Ashes. Before that, my late great friend D. Ramsey with See Me. Before that, a brand new one from Christina Taylor called Damn Boy. And starting off the whole set was a brand new one from Devils of America and the so, title of the song is very simple, Fight. <laughs> I like that. All right. So it's time to get a little bit serious now. It is time for a serious discussion on the Steve Solution. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance, that's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws, it's not even funny. And if there's ever a whiff of that, I think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified. And certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time. This is The Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Sorry, normally I'm trying to be more upbeat during these segments. They're supposed to be fun, but today is not fun. No. Because 20 years ago today, probably the worst event, definitely the worst event in modern American history occurred, and maybe the worst in the history of this country. So far, yes. I just hope there's not more worse to come. Well, with... The so-called president's latest actions, it's not a question of if there's going to be another terrorist attack on the United States. It's going to be when and how and where. And how bad. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, unless you are you know, living in a cave somewhere, and I don't know how you're getting an internet connection in a cave, we are talking, of course, about September 11th, 2001. And 
the horrific actions of 19 fucking raghead terrorists. It, I, you know, yeah. Stephen, I want to point out one thing, too. Um, you know, I said this on the Charles Richardson show, but I didn't know this until recently. Well, one of the victims on one of the planes that crashed into the towers was the wife of the late actor Anthony Perkins, if you remember who he was. I'm surprised he had a wife. He, he, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but no. No, no I just I always assumed that you know he was a homosexual, and I don't have an issue with gay people. But I just I wasn't aware that he was straight. No, he was he was bisexual. But uh, or that, she was a beard, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> no, but sadly, she was aboard one of the planes. You know, an interesting thing about that, that of, uh, I forget which of the flights out of Boston, uh, one of uh, those flights, um, actor and voice actor, animator, director, uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, who everyone knows from Family Guy and American Dad and, and numerous other things, was actually supposed to be on one of the flights going to L.A., and he got drunk the night before and overslept. I bet he's glad he did. Oh, I think we're all glad he did. I mean, I, I don't know anyone that's not a fan of at least Family Guy, if not Ted, American Dad, The Orville, A Million Ways to Die in the West was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Because, you know, people die at the fair. Yeah. So I'm glad he, you know, missed that flight. Yes, yes. But uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm i not the biggest fan of professional wrestling. I mean, I enjoy it. And, I, you know, when I went to those two events with you in Las Vegas, I, I really had a good time. I, you know, I'm just, you, you know, the professional wrestling just isn't the top of my list for favorites. Uh, no, I mean, everybody's got their own, you know, yeah. unique ways of looking at things and, at least you're open-minded enough to, you know, go in and enjoy it for what it is. And it may not be your favorite thing in the world, but when it's presented to you, you do have a good time with it. So that's good. Yes. Plus, we got a shit-faced at SmackDown, so that was always nice. <laughs> you did. I didn't. <laughs> I, I just drank a couple of beers, but. Well, what do I know? I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, who who led us to rise out of the ashes None better than Vince McMahon. Completely agree. I mean, when you consider that, you know, starting basically noon Eastern time in the United States on September 11th, this country shut down completely. Every public gathering was canceled and postponed, unlike the reason they're doing it now, which is bullshit. But everything, every owner of every sports team you know, it was the height of baseball season. We were, you know, hitting playoffs and all that. Everything canceled. Football canceled. Everything canceled. One person, two days after the fact, said, you know what? This isn't America. And that very much rings true today. We don't cancel shit for fear. We will, we, we will not live in fear. Exactly. And the speech that he gave that night, first off, um, their uh, 
ring announcer at the time, uh, the lovely Lillian Garcia, sang a beautiful, beautiful rendition of uh, God Bless America that had me, I mean, at that point, especially, you know, 20 years ago, watching that right after the attacks, had me in tears. The speech that Vince gave had me in tears. The testimonials that the performers, the wrestlers gave, all of those were just so amazing and so heartfelt. He did a great job with that. And he took the first huge step into getting this country back out and to stop being afraid. Yes, yes. Well, uh, I have about four minutes of that speech, and I want to go ahead and cue that, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. All right. Tonight, tonight, the spirit of America lives here. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington, D.C. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what, and make no mistake about the message this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. And we will fight. We will 
fight for our families. We will fight for our rights. And we will fight for our great nation. America's heart has been wounded. But her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom a beacon of freedom that never has been, nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight. Yeah, I can see where uh, Vince uh, would definitely fit into politics. I wish uh, he'd do a lot more because I think he could actually do something. But then again, uh, I think uh, he, the WWE would be stained f for forever and he'd be branded a racist but you know. well not only that i mean and obviously that was a very touching and moving speech uh he's made his political aspirations you know and uh opinions known but he's a smart enough man to know that you know having people kiss his ass on national television literally uh would hurt him in a political race it obviously was enough to cost his wife, the Senate race in uh, Connecticut, uh, although she did end up serving in the you know Trump administration, which was awesome. But he knows he doesn't stand a chance getting elected to any significant political office. And he's a smart enough person to not waste his time and money with it. Yes. Yes. Now, Stephen, one thing is, is that uh, as of the most impressive thing other than uh, Vince McMahon's speech was how after 9-11 shortly, we came together, not as Democrats, not as Republicans, not as conservatives, not as liberals or any of that bullshit. We came together as Americans. And uh, since then, it's, uh, you know, we're... Uh, I mean, since since Obama's been in the White House, there there has been more division now. And it's been a complete 180 since those first days after 9-11 where, I mean, first off, well, when, you know, when the old fucking coronavirus thing started, you had people attacking Asian Americans. Post 9-11, yes, there was a few isolated incidents of, uh, some Arab Americans being attacked, but as a whole, not really. And it was more about unity in this country than I have ever seen before. It didn't matter whether you were a Republican. It didn't matter if you were a Democrat, independent. It didn't matter if you were black. It didn't matter if you were white. Everybody, even people from New York and New Jersey, who generally disdain each other for some reason, were people in New Jersey were, you know, tweeting out, you know, today we are all New Yorkers. 
Yes, even even in Texas too, they were saying that. Uh, in uh, Paris, they were tweeting out, "Today we're all Americans." You know, it, it it was a single focal point that brought our entire country and much of the world together, for better or worse. Because in a lot of Arab countries. They were out there taking to the streets, burning American flags and cheering and saying, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, which what kind of fucking animal cheers for thousands of dead people? Oh, yes. But uh, th and th here's here's what I want to point out, too. And, and this, if you ask me, is very, very serious considering this woke this woke generation where that's living amongst us now is the the fact that uh, whoever was a baby or a toddler during uh, on on 9/11/2001 is now in their 20s and this is a generation where a lot of them are horribly horribly indoctrinated and and the coming together as as a a one person, one nation to put all this bullshit behind us is going to be extremely difficult considering what these people have been taught. Oh, absolutely. I mean, next month, my oldest daughter turns 19. My oldest son just turned 16. Neither of them were around, obviously, for 9-11. Fortunately, They've been raised by me, so they have good heads on their shoulders when it comes to uh, politics and, you know, certain types of beliefs and work ethics and things like that. But it's I actually, my daughter, for example, was damn near disowned by a liberal family member because she painted a very nice picture for... Uh, our local police department just to say thanks to them. And that was during the whole BLM thing. And so, you know, but those kids are the exception to what is apparently about to be the rule with a bunch of fucking retarded ass millennials, post millennials, really, that are going to fuck this world up even more because of their sweet understanding and that everybody's a good person. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I already, why am I kicked off of Twitter? Because I got into it with some post millennial that says, Oh, we got to, uh, pedophiles are people too. Yeah. Osama bin Laden was a human being. I'm not going to say that he wasn't, but he was also a fucking monster. Oh, I don't deny that every single living person is a human being. It's just that some human beings don't deserve to fucking suck air anymore. Yeah. I mean, pedophiles don't, don't, des don't, I mean, if they don't deserve the chair or a, or a, a noose, their head in a noose, they definitely deserve to be in general population in a prison. Mm -hmm. That That's actually, personally, I wouldn't kill them. Because that's not good enough. I think General Pop is a perfect place for them, where they can be beaten and raped on a regular basis. And and then terrorists, on the other hand, you know, I'm I'm sorry, 
I don't even want to waste uh, our taxpayers' dollars on on feeding them on the food that's. If you have any patriots in the uh, prison system, they're going to piss in their food anyway. And so, the only difference in that is, uh, you know, particularly for inmates who were housed in places like Guantanamo, where they were, you know, rightly fucking tortured to gain information about finding other. The only reason to keep terrorists alive in prison is so that you can get information to hunt down and find other terrorists to put in prison that you can then get information to hunt down and find and imprison and torture other terrorists. And yes, I said torture. I firmly believe that these fucking animals need to be tortured. Actually, I think the same should go for, honestly, people like pedophiles. Torture the fuck out of them and give up their contacts so we can arrest and torture those people. Now... Uh, one thing I did want to get at, and, and Stephen, mad, mad props for the way you have raised your daughter. You know, she is she is growing up with a level head on her shoulders. But there are parents that think just like you and I, and their their children are growing up with communist ideology and and woke bullshit planted in their head because of the school systems, and and we also have you know. The, one transgender came out and and uh, said, "We gotta we gotta be able to talk to these kids without parental consent. Otherwise, we're never going to get our point across." That's the whole point. The fact that they're minors, they don't get to do jack shit without parental consent. That yeah, the, but this is the direction they are taking it. I mean, for for us to come together as one nation. Um, like we did shortly at, right after 9-11 happened. It's good. Like I said, it is going to be a very, very tall order to do so now with this new generation because they are badly indoctrinated. Uh, what's most likely going to happen unless something seriously changes is I'd say within 20 to 30 years from now, we are going to be such a nation of massive pussies that most likely China is going to find it very easy to invade and enslave this entire population. More of a serious question, uh, and I know this is one that a lot of people, uh, especially on uh, various social media platforms, have been asking today, uh, which is, uh, do you remember where you were? Oh, I could. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was on the Charles Richardson show, and I. I don't mind telling this story again. So, the morning of September eleventh, nine or two thousand one. So I'm not employed at the time, and I'm, of course, I'm gonna sleep in. I ain't. I ain't really doing shit. And the phone rings somewhere between uh, 6.30 and 7 o'clock in the morning. I, I reach up, look at my caller ID, and it's my grandma. I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping. I'll call her back. Then about an hour later, the phone rings again. It is still early morning for me. I, it, I look at the caller ID. It's my friend Mike. I'm sleeping. I will call him back. 
So finally, about two hours later, probably, so it was probably about till maybe 9, 10 o'clock when I finally got my ass out of bed, had to get up and let my dogs outside. And so I checked my answering machine, and yes, uh, uh, answering machine, not voicemail, because this was a landline phone at the time. So I, the first message from my grandma was saying, uh, I want to let you know that Aunt Patricia's okay. She wasn't anywhere near the World Trade Center. And I'm like, okay. Then the next message from my friend Mike, turn on your TV when you get this message. They got the World Trade Center. And I'm like, okay, that's the second message I heard where the World Trade Center's mentioned something fucking happened. Because it immediately popped to my mind about the attack on the, on the uh, World Trade Center back in 1993. That was a complete failure that only killed a few people, did minimal damage, and yeah. F- uh, yeah, took out a parking garage. Yeah, that was it. So I turn on the TV, and I, the first thing I see is the rubble. And I'm like, what happened? What the fuck happened? And then I see the, the, the planes crashing, and I'm like, and when I saw the planes, you know, it's like, this was no mistake. This was a planned assault. And immediately, too, because uh, because Middle Easterners, radical Islamists, were uh, held accountable for the 93 attack, I, I knew this was... This was uh, just that, again, only this time they accomplished their mission. This was a round they won. They wanted to hurt us, and they fucking did it. No, you're absolutely right. In my case, oddly enough, both of our stories involve our grandmothers. Yeah. Because I was actually at my grandmother's house. I had spent the night there uh, along with my uncle. I believe we were helping her move some stuff the day before, and then we uh, went out to a local pizza place and had some dinner and some beers and went back and went to bed. Uh, The house she was living at the time only had two bedrooms. Obviously, my grandmother and her boyfriend were in one, and my uncle was in the other one, so I was sleeping in the living room. And my grandmother, like most grandmothers, at least so far as I know, tend to be very, very early risers. Yes. So her her typical morning routine, her and her boyfriend would get up, they would make coffee, they would turn on the news on the TV in the living room, which is where I was sleeping, and they would step a few feet away uh, out to their deck and drink coffee and smoke and watch the news and chit-chat. So the TV being on woke me up. It's like, okay, well, what the hell? Obviously, I'm not going back to sleep. So I got up, threw my pants on, grabbed a cup of coffee, and went and sat out on the you know porch with them or the deck with them, and you know lit a cigarette and started talking with them. And then we start getting reports of plane one hitting the tower. And I was like, wow, that's, and I don't mean for the story to end up funny, but it does kind of end up a little funny. But obviously there's nothing funny about September 11th, except for this little anecdote that I'll bring up in a moment. We're watching the footage during, you know, the live footage of the fire in Tower 1 and the reports that a plane had hit it. 
And like a good many people watching TV at that particular moment, we assumed it was a small commuter plane that lost control or, you know, something along those lines. We were not thinking a terrorist attack. We were thinking a really bad accident. And as we're watching, we see in the live footage, the second plane hit the other tower. And I remember thinking right then, oh, fuck, this is no accident. My grandmother, being a very sharp woman, also realizes this is no accident. This is a fucking attack. She immediately runs to the guest bedroom and wakes my uncle up, uh, presumably just so he knows the news. And he is former Army and uh, much like me, a former correctional officer and law enforcement officer. She tells him, Joey, wake up. America's under attack. He jumps out of bed and runs into the living room. The only part about this story that is funny is at this particular time, my uncle's pushing 50 years old. And is a big fan of wearing tidy whiteies to bed. <laughs> and that's it. Runs into the living room. And by the way, also overweight. <laughs> so this and untanned as all can be. So you got a guy with, you know, much like me, really tanned forearms and nothing else tanned. <laughs> Running into the living room. So we see this big fat fucker in tidy whiteies running into the living room to look at the TV. Uh, the rest of the day was a bit of a blur, obviously much staring at the TV. I remember uh, at one point watching ABC News back when you could believe their news and their anchor, uh, main anchor, Peter Jennings was on there. And I could re vividly remember him being physically just, you could see that he was just thoroughly pissed once we knew this was a terrorist attack. This was, you know, Later in the uh, day, as far as California, it was probably, you know, four or five o'clock. And you can just see how angry he was. And Peter Jennings was always just a very lighthearted guy. You never saw him angry. Also, also, let me throw one other thing in there, too. That was the only time I ever saw it, even though I'm Dan Rather's a, a liberal, a hardcore liberal. I know that much, but uh, still... You know, uh, he he showed uh, he showed emotion on the David Letterman show, and uh, he he also towards the end of a, C a CBS news uh, he he just he just started bawling, and he apologized said I'm a professional, but uh, you know and, and uh, David Letterman says for Christ's sakes you're human. Yeah, no, it was uh, um, it was definitely up until about I would say about. Seven or eight o'clock that night, it was nothing but me sitting at home um, in front of my TV, just literally staring at the news. And I remember some person on TV, I can't, couldn't tell you the network or whatever, because I was flipping channels pretty constantly. Somebody saying that, you know, if this is becoming too much for you, you need to do something that's not news related for a while. Uh, and I remember thinking, and I remember thinking, you know, yeah, I've seen enough of this of people jumping out of burning buildings and. Oh yeah. 
I was like, okay. Let me oh. let me throw in really quick because we don't have much time left of what I did that night. Was I had at that time I had two dogs, uh, pit bull mix and a and a and a Rottweiler, and and they were great dogs and very kid friendly too, despite the reputation those breeds had. So I decided to take both of my dogs to the vigil at the at the city park in, here in Twin Falls, Idaho, and it kind of gave me some joy to to watch some children play with my dogs. Very good thing to do. In my case, it was uh, shocking if you know me, but uh, you know, poured a few drinks, mm-hmm. turned the TV off, and I thought of what is the most you know peace friendly music music you can listen to. So of course, I put the Beatles on. Yeah, and I spent the rest of that night until I went to bed listening to the Beatles. Yeah, so I mean, not only did I let children play with my dogs, but uh, you know, I I I lit some candles and I prayed with some people, and that's that that was basically how I spent my evening. I do still think of the words of a great song written by a country artist Daryl Worley, a song called "Have You Forgotten," which is to this day they don't show a lot of nine eleven footage, even if you watch a nine eleven documentary. And the line from the song was, they took all the footage off my TV, said it's too disturbing for you and me. If it was up to me, I'd show it every day. And I still think that's the case. Good point. Maybe, maybe our current so-called fucking president needs to spend a few hours and go back and look at some of that fucking footage. Him and Mitch McConnell, that, that Weasley son of a bitch. Oh, Mix does whatever he has to do to stay in office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a dick writer. That's all there is. I hate to say it, but uh, we are out of time, Stephen. But uh, Stephen, God bless you. God bless America. And I can't thank you enough for the way you raised your daughter to at least pass this on of what happened this day and how serious the situation is. Absolutely, and. Never forget, never, ever forgive. Yes. Well, we're going to, what's on tap for next week? Um, I'm now, this is not fully confirmed, but uh, I should be talking to, uh, to Idaho governor candidate Ammon Bundy, or I can't, I can't, A-M-M-O-N is how it's spelled. I believe it's a male, but uh-huh. could be wrong. And uh, also, uh Tony Kryptonite Lopez, he's uh, uh, pretty much a former MMA fighter turned bare-knuckle boxer, and I get to hear some stories about that. So, Can you ask him if he's ever fought uh, Hector Tijuana Tapwater Torres? I will ask him that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to end the show with uh, one of the few uh, heavy metal songs that was written all about 9-11. This is called this is Exodus or not Exodus. This is Testament with The Evil Is Landed. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. 
We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution. The High Ion Bio-Key Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be 
sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. We're here, I am sitting on a porch, writing another song. Wailing Willie David Allen Cole You can't go wrong Such great outlaw boys just like me Man, can't you see Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. 